Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 59. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we do this podcast to bring to you a question that's on the hearts and the minds of others. And really it might be a question that they're wrestling with or it's a question that they've been asked about by a friend. So today we're going to look at a question that really is on the horizon. It's on the thoughts of some people, but really for most, it's not something that we really give very much time and effort, and especially brain power to. You say, what are you talking about, George? Well, we're going to talk about false teachers today. You say, well, George, I already know about false teachers. I know what to look for. I already have a concept of that, and that really isn't a problem. Well, Actually, it may be more of a problem than you realize, because what we're going to see is that the view that we have of false teachers today is kind of kind of small compared to the view that the Bible has. So this is the question we're going to wrestle with today. Should I be concerned about false teachers? Should I be concerned about false teachers? So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of approach this from several different standpoints. Number one, we're going to really address, is this really an issue? Because just simply asking the question, should I be concerned about false teachers, doesn't mean that it's that it's really an issue that I need to be concerned about. So we're going to address, is this an issue? Then we're going to talk about the present concepts that we have about false teachers. And as we look at those present concepts, we're going to see that actually, in comparison to Scripture, we're going to see that they're actually not as broad as we should be in our thoughts about false teachers. Then we're going to see what the Scripture presents. And really, it's going to present two views concerning the issue of false teachers. And then we're going to leave you with an encouragement, because to be honest with you folks, you and I need to be encouraged to be vigilant in our lives, to be on guard against the so-called false teachers. So let's go ahead and, and kind of go right into the issue and really address, is this really an issue? Well, I'm going to start by saying this. Usually when you talk to people about false teachers, they have it in their mind that it's something outside of the church. It's teaching from outside of the church that's going to come into the church. And that is correct, and that is true, but to be honest with you, that's not really the biggest issue concerning false teachers. The reason why false teachers is an issue is not that the threat to the church comes from outside of the church, but rather the threat of false teachers comes from within the church. And I'm going to point to 
something the Apostle Paul said in his instructions to the elders in Ephesus from Acts chapter 20. He's giving them some guidelines to function as elders in the church, and he's warning them. He's already, in verse 29, warned them about savage wolves who are outside of the church that would seek to devour them. But in verse 30, he makes an interesting statement, which, to be very honest with you, kind of looks at the thought of whether or not this is really an issue. What do you mean? Well, look at what he says in verse 30. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Here he's saying that from within the church itself, from within our own churches, People are going to rise up within our churches and they're going to lead people astray. So this is an issue because let's move right into it. The present concepts that we have concerning false teachers. We often think of false teachers with regards to those outside of the church and we're on guard against wrong thinking that comes from outside of the church. Now, the problem is, is we're very narrow in our thinking about the dangers that face the church. What do you mean? So we, we would say that if it's a false religion, we're, we're ready against any kind of concept that comes from a false religion. Well, then there are, quote, Christian-based false religions, such as the Mormons and your Jehovah Witnesses. We're ready for that, too. And so we think, okay, we're on guard against false teachers. The problem is, folks, the greatest danger that Paul was pointing out to us in Acts isn't from outside of the church. That's not going to deceive you. What's going to deceive you is somebody who comes up from within the church and has a message that sounds okay, but in reality leads you away from the gospel. See, that's what false teaching is. It's teaching that leads you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's teaching that denies who he is, what he's done for you, and the path of salvation through faith alone. That's what is out there and what is approaching. That is, that's what is out there and is hindering churches today. So, okay, say, George, all right, now, what do we need to do concerning this whole issue of false teachers? Well, if you're going to be aware that there are false teachers around you, you need to, first of all, have a biblical concept of what they teach and who they are. What they teach and who they are. So let's look, first of all, at what they teach. We're going to go all the way to Paul's last epistle. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Listen to verses 1 through 4. He's giving some final instructions to Timothy. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Here's what I want you to see. Verse three. 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap to themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. This is what I want you to notice. Two things about false teachers that I want you to see from this passage. The first one has to do with who wants them. It has to do with the people who listen to them. And Paul is telling Timothy that in the last days, and folks, we're living in the last days, in the last days, people are no longer going to put up with, tolerate, enjoy sound teaching, but are going to heap to themselves teachers who are going to tell them what they want to hear. Teachers who are going to basically communicate a message, a, a type of gospel, a false gospel, that is going to appeal to their desires. It's going to give them what they want to hear. And, and so, to be honest with you, the greatest danger to the church is not from without the church, but from within the church, because we're going to have people who come up among us who are going to know basically the tenets of Christianity and faith, but they're going to introduce a message that people, that's going to appeal to people's desires, their selfish desires, and they're going to heap to themselves teachers like that. So what we see here is a message, a subtle message that comes from these guys that perverts the gospel. In fact, Paul goes on in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, He already he sees that these folks exist in his time and they're wrecking havoc in the church. They were wrecking havoc in the Galatian church. So in Galatians chapter 1, he writes the the people there in the Galatian church, and he says, I marvel, verse 6 of chapter 1, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of God to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of God. Now here's his pronouncement. But even if we or an angel from heaven preached any other gospel to you than what we have preached, to you, so let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. That word accursed is anathema. It literally means to hell with you. So he's, he's basically pronouncing a judgment on those who would come in and pervert the gospel of faith in Jesus Christ alone, for salvation, by imposing something else. So it, you, what you see here is, is that the message of these false teachers is going to appeal to people's desires, it's going to be what they want to hear, and it's going to turn them away from trusting in faith alone in salvation. Now that's the message. What I want you to also see is that the Bible just doesn't talk about the message of the false teacher. It talks about the character of the false teacher. This is something you and I need to pay attention to. Look with me in 2 Peter chapter 2. All of chapter 2 is a worthy read, but I'm going to focus on a few verses here. Look with me at verse 1. But there 
were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prophets among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. So again, he, Peter is saying the same thing that Paul said earlier to the Ephesians, that from among us there are going to be these false teachers who are going to bring in secretly, going to bring in subtly, going to bring in these secret destructive teachings, even against Jesus Christ himself. And they're going to actually bring on themselves later ultimate judgment. And here's what he says, verse 2, and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Now, when you go through the rest of the chapter, you're going to see several things about the character of these false prophets. It's actually the motivation of these false prophets. Why do they do what they do? Here's what I want you to see. Verse 10, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Stop for a moment. These folks live according to whatever they want to do, and they do not allow themselves to be accountable to anyone, let alone the authority of the church. He goes on and says they are presumptuous, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring reviling accusations against them before the Lord. Okay, what's what's Peter saying there? Peter's saying, first of all, that they're presumptuous. That's talking about arrogance. They're self-willed. They're out for themselves. And they're very flippant. They even talk about angels in a way that an angel himself would not talk about. What do you mean angels? Well, they talk about the demons in a way, flippantly, arrogantly, degradingly, in a way that the angels themselves would not talk about the fallen angels before the Lord. He goes on, verse 12, But these, like natural brutes, have are to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption. He goes on, verse 14, having eyes filled with adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. What's going on here? Well, they're motivated by sexual desire. They view women as a conquest. They are in it for themselves. They're in it, and he goes on, verse 15, he talks about they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. They're in it for the money. They're in it for the money. Verse 17, these are wells without water, clouds carried by the tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. What is that? Wells without water. That is, they say a lot, but they have nothing to say. They say a lot, but they have nothing to say. He says they speak great words of emptiness. Folks, these folks are eloquent speakers. Let me just stop for a moment. You know what the number one way that we choose our pastors for our churches today is? We have them come and speak in our churches. And if they're a great speaker, hey, that's the guy to be our pastor. But here we see in the scripture it talks about false teachers are eloquent speakers. Something to think about. Here, while they promise liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. That is, they promise you freedom, freedom to do whatever you want to do, but in reality they've become enslaved to the things that they're telling other people 
to do. Okay, I could go on and on here from chapter 2 of Second Peter, but here's the point. The point is, we don't just see that they have a wrong message. That's what the scripture told us earlier. But we see their character. What is it about their character? They are in it for themselves. They are arrogant. They will not be held accountable to anyone. They are consumed with lust, consumed with the desire for money. And they have their eloquent speakers and they will say very a lot of things, but in reality they say nothing. And the fact of the matter is that the people will love them and bring these type of teachers to themselves. Now you say, okay, George, obviously it's something I need to be concerned of because as I look at the Christian landscape, there's actually quite a few guys that kind of fit this second presentation that we see in the scripture here about their character. So what do I need to do? Well, here's the encouragement for you and I. It really is the answer to the question. The question was, should I be concerned about false teachers? Here's the answer. Yes, you better be. So what do I do? You need to do several things. Number one, you need to be on guard. You need to be on guard. And what do I mean by that? You need to be somebody who just doesn't accept what anybody tells you. You are going to need, which brings me to the second thing, you're going to need to become a student of the Word of God yourself so that you would be like the Bereans in the book of Acts, who when they heard Paul went and looked at the scriptures themselves concerning what he says. See, the only way you're going to discern if there's something wrong with a false teacher is by looking at his life and his message. And the only way to do that is if you are a person who is a man or a woman of God's word. That's the only way. Otherwise, you're going to be in danger of swallowing hook, line, and sinker the stuff that this guy or this gal presents, which actually leads to destruction. Something to think about. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry where we try to answer questions that you have about Christianity and the Christian life. You might be saying, well, George, I have a question. How do I get it to you? Well, we have several ways. First of all, if you attend the Kerwinsville Christian Church, you can get that question to me anytime. Just throw it in the offering plate. Come and talk to me personally about it. Send me an email, and we'll try to answer the question here on the podcast. If you don't have a church home, we would encourage you to attend the Kerwinsville Christian Church if you live in the Clearfield-Kerwinsville area. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, PA, and our service starts at 1045 on Sunday mornings. Don't worry about how you dress. We're a come-as-you-are church. We just want you to come and learn about Jesus Christ. You can contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. We would encourage you to like the page. Therefore, you can keep up with what's happening with the podcast. But through that page, you can contact us either through personal messaging or you can write on the wall your question and we'll try to answer that question. You can also contact us through our webpage, kerwinsvillechristian.org. Just simply go to the contact section. You'll see a way there to contact us in order to give us your question. Next week, we're going to hit another question that really kind of is a question about Christianity, and it has to do with God 
and sin. Because you know what? We realize that sin entered into the world, so we've got some questions about that. And so this is a question that someone has presented that I think is worthy of a little bit of a discussion. And the question is this. Did God create sin? Did God create sin? Until next week, take care.